Hello everyone and welcome. My name is Dr. Christine Galeb. I'm Senior Director of Programs at the ION here in Houston, Texas. The ION, which you can see around me, anchors Houston's 16-acre innovation district. And so I'm extremely fortunate to be able to be here today. I'm also the chair for IdeaGen, the Houston-Galveston region, as well as the Philadelphia region, and both regions are so close to my heart. So today, as we talk about IdeaGen's Global Leadership Summit series, we will explore developing awareness and providing a platform for cross-sector dialogue on existing barriers and challenges across all 17 of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. We'll cover topics such as effective leadership, partnerships, what the goals mean, and how that work is more vital now than it ever has been before. So I could think of no one better to bring on our panel, power panel today. That's a lot of P's. So I like P words, but the alliteration sometimes gets to me. I could think of no one better to bring on today's power panel chat than Dr. Barry Litsky, who is over at Drexel University at the Close School of Entrepreneurship. The school is close to my own heart um, since I studied there, and I've had the great pleasure of collaborating with Barry on a few projects. So at this time, I would love to bring her up to the stage and ask her just to introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about her work. Barry, over to you. Thank you, Christine. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, as Christine said, I'm at Drexel University in the Close School of Entrepreneurship. Um, my, my background, I actually got my doctorate at Drexel um, a long time ago in the College of Business. And then I worked at Penn State for 18 years. And now I am back because the Close School of Entrepreneurship, which was the first freestanding school of entrepreneurship in the country, um, the dean uh, and I talked about me coming in to bring programming around social entrepreneurship and sustainability into the close school. So that's what I've been doing for about five years. Um, and I'm really, I'm happy to be back at Drexel and I'm really thrilled to be uh, focusing our curricular offerings around sustainability and the, the UN SDGs are obviously central to that effort. And I love how, Barry, you kind of laid that out for us from a curriculum uh, planning perspective, right? So kind of taking this approach that the goals are not something to be addressed in isolation, but really inviting us to think through wherever we are, if we're students, if we're professors, if we're ecosystem leaders, if we're deans, thinking through the goals as some type of guiding framework for the work that we do. So I'd love to know a little bit more about what you've done at Drexel um, with respect to providing this increased awareness around the dialogue on the goals. So um, we, as I said, we've only been in existence for about seven, maybe eight years. I've been here for five. Um, we have a couple of courses at the undergraduate level and courses at the graduate level um, around sustainability and social entrepreneurship. So the idea, the main, the main goal of, of curriculum is to have students understand the complexities and the, the um, interconnectedness of everything going on in the globe. So when you talk about ecosystem, we talk about the universe as an ecosystem. 
we talk about the fact that everything is related um, kind of from a systems perspective that there's not one thing that we can do that a student can do in a classroom at Drexel in Philadelphia uh, whose effects can't be felt on the other side of the world, um, you know, literally, and especially now with, with technology. But um, so, so one of the things we do is we try and frame everything for the students in the sense that, you know, all of the institutions, all of the organizations, the ones that they work for, the ones they attend in their civic, civic engagement are all interconnected. And that surrounding all of us is this natural environment. So there's, there's so much at play with the decisions that we make every day in our jobs, at school, um, that will affect everything else. I'm kind of messing this up. That will affect everything else um, in the world. So one of the things that we like to do that we feel is imperative is for the students to understand A, how interconnected everything is. All of the all of the systems, so business, the business sector, the government sector, civil society, which is kind of everything else, and the interplay there with the natural environment. And, um, and then there's this responsibility component, right? Kind of this moral responsibility that as actors, um, as human actors, that we have an obligation to work and play and create in ways that are going to leave the world better than we found them, right? And that's kind of the whole idea behind sustainability. And so in schools where we teach entrepreneurship or business principles, um, traditionally there's been a tension between operating kind of business as usual and making money and, and having profit be the primary motive of commerce um, and this other idea that products and services and even the way that organizations um, present themselves in the world need to matter and, and in, need to matter and be responsible to kind of all stakeholders, not just the people who own the companies that are making the money. And so <clears throat> it's very important for us to teach young people, no matter what fields they're going into, that there are certain underpinnings for any functional area, you know, any type of role they see themselves in, whether it's, you know, whether they're going to be a marketing manager somewhere, <clears throat> excuse me, or a government leader, or they're going to be a K through 12 teacher, that, that there are ways in which to conduct their jobs and themselves that have a strong underpinning in sustainability. Um, and so that's, that's really important. Um, and, and that's part of what a degree does, right? That we, that we teach that you can't disconnect um, commerce or the engine of commerce from everything else that's affected by it. Um, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but. <clears throat> I think you did, and I think you beyond exceeded what I thought you would say. So I think this is amazing. And, and several of the nuggets of wisdom that you gave us, we come back to this notion of sustainability. And I think just in, you know, back on my own experience, I didn't even hear that word as much 10, 20, 30 years ago, right? That wasn't in people's dialogue. It wasn't in our thoughts, our conscious awareness. And now I not only hear it you know, talked about in our dialogue, but 
I see professors such as yourself teaching students what that actually means. I think that's the other key piece of this is that when you open a book, when you read a piece of content, when you work on a discrete project, there's something that's kind of lost unless the directions say, approach this project from a lens of sustainability. And even having that little one sentence has now shifted the entire focus to make the student more aware of, all right, if I do action A, it's not a linear relationship to action B. There might be other nonlinear um, strands that are tugged at if I do action A. And I think that's as much decision-making as it is systems thinking, as it is sustainability. And so I love that we're talking about this in relation to educating a younger generation um, who, who is eager to change the world and also needs the tools by which to change it. So I'll say that as we kind of move into our next question. This is, this is great and kind of the, the movement to make sure that we're staying on top of sustainability is phenomenal. However, I'm sure it's not met without resistance and without some challenges and barriers. And that's part of the fun, right? Is maybe turning the corner and saying, whoa, I didn't even think of that. And immediately you start systems thinking to solve that problem. Uh, but could you talk a little bit about some of the barriers or challenges that you've experienced in this work and then how you've mitigated them? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> traditionally, you know, I was in a, in a school of business at Penn State. And like I mentioned, um, the framework for teaching business students is profit maximization. And when you have individual, you know, and, and so you sort of teach things like organizational behavior and business ethics to what kind of became as a way to sort of counteract um, this, this motive for profits um, this, this motive for profits, um, everything else kind of be damned, right? So um, in the field that I'm in, which is broadly described as business and society, um, scholars have been writing around this idea that, you know, stockholder isn't necessarily king, that stakeholders, um, all stakeholders of an organization need to be um, taken into consideration when decisions are being made. And, and um, but like you said, Christine, it's only been about the last 10 or 15 years that you started to hear the word sustainability kind of in the vernacular around business. But it's really only been in the last couple of years that the large corporate um, entities that are so powerful around the globe that the CEOs of, of you know, the, the world's top corporations said, you know what, we really have to get on this sustainability thing. We really need to look at our operations. We really need to look at our pro our processes and our practices and the and the and the services that we're providing and the products that we're serving. And we really need to start to understand how they are affecting the world. So between you know 1991 when I started teaching and a couple of years ago, it was kind of always an uphill battle um, to get the idea of sort of sustainability or businesses operating for more than just the, the economic bottom line, but what we call, you know, the triple bottom line, the people bottom line or social and the, and the planet bottom line or the environment. Right. Um, so within that 
period of time, people like myself and others who taught ethics and sustainability um, oftentimes had to sort of present a lot of reasons and a lot of scholarship to argue for um, including those kinds of things in a curriculum, in a business curriculum. Um, and so a lot of business schools around the globe are, you know, some are, were way ahead of the curve and they started offering programming in sustainability and, and social entrepreneurship. Um, I was thrilled to be able to come to the close school where my dean saw the value of it and wanted to add it, you know, into the mainstream of our offerings. Um, so I won't necessarily say that there were barriers in the sense that people said, you can't do this, but there were, I didn't always have the kind of support that I needed to um, change curriculum and to offer programs around sustainability. So for example, um, a number of years ago, I created a sustain a certificate, a graduate certificate called Sustainable Management Practices. And I did have the support of my colleagues and I had done some focus groups with some uh, corporate leaders and came up with a series of courses, um, but it never was really marketed. Um, and companies, you know, the, the few students who were interested were sort of the, those, this is like around 2010, let's say, those that who already kind of had an idea of what sustainability meant in terms of the way that their jobs would operate, right? Um, but it wasn't really marketed because people in leadership didn't really get that these kinds of principles needed to underpin everything else we were already doing. Now you have um, colleges and universities uh, retooling their curriculum so that everything that they teach is somehow, um, you know, grounded in like sustainability and, and um, that's really important. So I felt some personal barriers. Um, there was, I think I was way too early to market. I was too early to market at that point because um, like, you know, the world just wasn't ready ready for it. And now all of these schools are, are scrambling to come up with um, degrees and certificate programs and majors um, to, to do that, to underpin curriculum with these ideas of, of um, sustainability and ethics. And, um, and so that feels like a win to me. The fact that the business roundtable, which is the top corporate leaders in the around the globe came out with a statement in 2018 that said, we really need to start paying attention to this. The fact that now the SEC is going to start mandating that publicly traded companies report on ESG, you know, which is environment, uh, social and governance metrics. Um, so it's been a, you know, I've watched the field grow and I've been part of it and it's been, it's been thrilling at some point at some points in time over the course of my career, um, I feel like I've been shouting into a, you know, a black hole, but now I feel like, you know, I'm starting to see uh, not just the fruits of my labor, but the fruits of, of, of the labor of all of the scholars that came before me. Um, some of, you know, the people who really helped to create the field of sustainability within like a business and entrepreneurial con uh, context. And, their ideas, you know, that have been written about for, you know, only about 60 years are really coming to fruition. And that's really thrilling and, and way long overdue as far as I'm concerned. I love it. And I love, I, I want to make just a quick note in that the true visionaries 
see the world before everybody else sees it. And that's what makes them a visionary. And so I loved hearing your perspective on that because you're absolutely right. It's been, you know, it's been a long time coming and really um, until kind of the regulators get involved where they say, you have to have this. It is a must, it is a non-negotiable. Um, then, then I, you know, we see change after that because for the longest time, it's kind of been this wild, wild west. And I can say that because I'm in Texas of anything, <laughs> right? Anything goes. And now we're kind of backtracking a little bit on that because we're discovering that, well, you know, maybe that's not the best approach. Uh, maybe we need to have a different type of approach. And so I wanted to go back to something you said about having the support. Um, around you to be able to do the work. And we have just uh, about enough time for a few more questions, but I want to make sure we talk about partners because mm -hmm. partners are invaluable to providing this support. And so I love your insight on what makes a good partner in this work. So from, from our perspective, um, we partner with individuals in the field like yourself who are actually boots on the ground doing the work. Oftentimes we, um, as when I say we, I mean academics, full-time college faculty, you know, we kind of get kind of caught up in the university. You've heard the expression, the ivory tower. Um, it's not because we don't want to be in the real world. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a matter of where your priorities have to be, right? So if you're in the classroom or you're writing curriculum, you spend less time out in, in the world. So it's super important to engage with practitioners, people like you, um, individual business owners who are, are trying to implement metrics into their, into their own businesses so that they have an idea of what their triple bottom line looks like, um, associations um, that are willing to, professional associations or business associations that are willing to spend time with students. Um, companies that are willing to have students do projects for them and with them so that students get real world experience. Um, and I've had, and I've had success in that. And so from, from our perspective, you know, I, th I feel like we're a good partner for businesses that the students can work with when we keep the students on task and we make sure that they're really producing some kind of a tangible at the at the you know end of the engagement by the end of the engagement that the students are presenting a report or whatever it is that they're doing for the company um that the company can really use and from from our perspective it's it's business people it's professionals it's practitioners it's leaders in in all of the different um industries that are willing to spend the time and uh, mentor students, come into the classroom, talk about why certain things are important and, and sort of you know, walk the talk so that the students can see that these things don't happen in a vacuum and they're not just classroom exercises, but that there are real people in the real world that are engaging in these practices that are you know, slowly and surely making the world a better place. And I, and I think that, you know, basically responsibility and um, open communication um, between partners is, is super important. I love that you ended with that, that shared sense of responsibility, which then breeds accountability, right? And, and both those responsibility and accountability being linked by communication, 
right? Yes, yes. That's the heart of systems thinking, of really tackling these problems that are nonlinear, that are massive, that are um, interconnected, that that are the problems that are, are the younger generation will inherit. And in order to fix them, they need to have those tools in their toolkit. And so I know we're just about out of time. This has been a phenomenal power panel. I want to ask just one more question. Um, a call to action for all of our viewers. We've got a diverse range of viewers today. So maybe a call to action for some of them. Make sure that in every conversation that you have, that you bring up sustainability, whether you're talking about uh, one of one of the SDGs in particular, whether you have passion around something like, you know, um, uh, whether it's, you know, primary education for, for girls or it's uh, nutrition or it's ocean waste, you know, waste in the oceans, whatever it is that you constantly talk about it, that you make it part of everything that you do because, um, that's the only way to make things happen is to just, it's just to keep repeating and to keep educating and to keep making sure that people know what you're talking about and to, and to also to be able to think in creative ways that, you know, if you're, if you're passionate about something like cleaning up the oceans, then figure out how all of the actions, everything you do in your daily life can lead you to helping to do that, to making that happen. Um, because there are ways big and small, um, and, and, you know, educate each other. That's, that's the thing. Have dialogue, educate each other, never miss an opportunity to bring up what it is that you're passionate about. I love that. That was a fabulous call to action that each and every one of our viewers can take away. So I'll be in Houston. I'm here at the ION. If I don't hear you all saying sustainability, I'm going to come and find you. So, uh, thank you so, so much. Barry, thank you for your time. Thank you for your insights, your advice to all of our viewers. Thank you for tuning in today. Again, my name is Dr. Christine Galeb, and I'm Senior Director of Programs here at the ION in Houston, Texas. We'll catch you next time on Idea Gen TV. Thank you all. Thank you so much.